This is a production of Cornell University. Welcome to the Cornell Turfgrass Clippings podcast brought to you in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association found on the web at www.nista.org. I'm Cornell Turfgrass team member Frank Rossi. I'm here to answer some of your questions today. Joining me is Extension Specialist Carl Scamenti. Carl, what's our topic for today? All right, so today we're going to talk about soil and water management on sports turf fields. First question is, my sports fields have responded slightly to the recent rains and now I have water wheel. What is the best prep program for a fall sports field with practice starting in two weeks? It's a really good idea to, to think ahead for when you need the field and precondition it for the traffic it's going to get. So thankfully, if you receive some rainfall to loosen up the soil, that might actually help water applied from a water cannon or a water wheel to penetrate more deeply. That is the key. Wetting the soil deeply at this time so it will allow for the surface drying for play, but also enhance fertilizer effectiveness and even seed germination. As soon as the soil is moist enough, not too wet, not too dry, consider some form of cultivation. Ideally, bringing up some soil that can serve both a top dressing and a seed bed for overseeding. At this point, the best seeding option with play in the next two weeks is perennial ryegrass. If you have the ability to treat, an application of certain fungicides when seedlings emerge will assist in reducing risk of gray leaf spot. Keep in mind that it's best to select gray leaf spot resistant varieties, but even the resistant varieties are susceptible to gray leaf spot when they are seedlings. Fertilization at this time is best with products that can supply between 50 to 75% of the nitrogen slow release form to avoid excessive growth, but still encourage the seedlings and existing turf to become more dense. Turf density is what makes sports fields safe. If, if a turf manager wants to keep that field safe, the best thing to do is to keep it dense. So, water, then cultivate, seed, and feed. When fertilizer begins to kick in, be sure you are increasing your mowing frequency. If you normally mow once per week, time to start two to three times per week at whatever height you normally keep the field at. Generally, little need to cut below two inches for most scholastic fields. Some collegiate fields can be as low as one inch, but most should not be below that level. All right, so question number two. I have a sand-based field we're using for soccer and field hockey practice. It is starting to brown in the center. We top-dressed, fertilized, and seeded two weeks ago, as we normally do and have been irrigating regularly. I know it has been dry, but my guys tell me the irrigation heads are on and turning. Any ideas? Well, I had a chance to visit the field in question and immediately observed an odd pattern of very green areas with lush growth and deep soil moisture contrasted with areas of brown dry turf and powdery dry soil. We flew a drone over the field in question and could very easily visualize the problem with the field. This is a good use for the drones. The indication of the green crop circles, as I called them, were, were where the irrigation heads are located in the field. These heads were not providing adequate coverage that under most growing season, especially at that time of year, would be inconspicuous. The rainfall would be covering it up. There had been a significant drop in water pressure to the field, in this case due to the use of lake water delivered in a 25,000-gallon truck attached to an inadequate pump. This is a measure was taken due to the persistent drought conditions in this area that have removed much of the turf from typical water sources. This is an extreme example of the challenges many turf grass managers face. 
Using a drone was an easy diagnosis that many supervisors, even non-turf person of the sports turf manager in this case, could easily see the issue. The drone that provided this image can be purchased for less than 500 bucks. And just because the guys are saying the heads are going on and they're turning doesn't mean you're getting effective coverage. Yeah. All right. One, more, one last question. Uh, the soils are starting to dry. The playing surface has been used for three weeks. I think I'm getting some surface compaction. Should I core cultivate? Well, just like every good academic, it depends. It could be a great time for the right cultivation to address compaction. If the soils across the region begin to warm rapidly, the soil will be very receptive to cultivation that will result in soil disruption, fracturing, creating more air-filled soil pores that offer roots a welcome growing environment. There are a variety of tools and tines available for these purposes listed on our Safe Sports Fields website. At this time of year, sports fields and native soils are effectively and quickly cultivating using cultivated using slicing or shatter blades. This allows for deeper fracturing without significantly disrupting the surface, such as with hollow or even solid tines. More disruption can also lead to more weeds if active growth is not underway. Nutrient needs are not being met or soils are excessively wet to promote weed germination. Of course, seeding at this time would also be a good practice. Yep. So as you mentioned, a lot of this information can be found on our Safe Sports Fields website. We'll put the link below on our website. Thank you again for joining us for the Cornell Turfgrass Clippings podcast brought to you in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association. Dr. Frank Rossi, I'm Carl Scamenti. This has been a production of Cornell University on the web at cornell.edu.